0: Welcome to the Rock of Grace Cortland Campus Podcast, where we aim to lead people like you to follow Jesus together. We have a new podcast each week with a message that is prepared with you in mind. So here's this week's message. Today we're going to look at a very powerful story from Acts chapter 3. Chances are we've all been there. Maybe you were shopping or driving or maybe walking downtown in a city and suddenly you were confronted <clears throat> by a homeless person who asks you for money. Uh, if you've ever been in that situation, it always feels like a lose-lose situation. Because on the one hand, if <clears throat> if I decide just to throw him a few bucks, if I have cash on me and I do that, there's always this little part of me that says, man, you just got taken. And you know what they're going to use that for, right? Right. And, But then if you don't give anything, you feel like the jerk of the century. And so it feels like such a a, a lose-lose all the time. And, you know, we, we, we feel so powerless, don't we, when we see situations like that. We wish we had a way to make it better. And when we see all kinds of devastation in our society, as many go further and further away from God, we see our country more and more divided. We feel like our influence as Christians seems to get smaller and smaller by the day. We watch the news. We almost feel powerless as Christians to do anything about it. Everything just seems so much bigger than us. You know, it's amazing how quickly we forget who we are and what we have. Our culture says we never have enough that we're always lacking something. The enemy of our soul then tries to intimidate Christians into silence, trying to make us believe that we don't have enough, that we're unqualified for the task that we've been given, that we're too sinful for God to work through. We, we think we don't know the Bible well enough to make an impact on other people's lives. We're not extroverts, we don't own the room. We can't be as dynamic as that person on Christian television or or our favorite podcast. So we just step back into the shadows. But I have great news for us today because we as believers in Christ already possess everything we need to transform other people's lives. One of my favorite scriptures is in 2 Peter 1.3. It says, by his divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I want to say that phrase again. God has given us everything we need. So rather than focusing our energies on what we wish we had, our strengths, our weaknesses, our appearance, our financial means, let's realize how incredibly blessed we already are because we are sons and daughters of God. Here's a wonderful story from Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the layman by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God. Can you imagine that scene? He went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And he didn't do it for... Physical support, my friends. (laughs) My title this morning is When Jesus is Enough. And I am praying for the Church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century to come back and realize that everything we need to be effective as believers and as a church, we already possess. You see, having Jesus is all we need, He is enough. Peter and John prove it in this great healing. So I want to remind us of three things that we already have. Number one, we have the leading of the Holy Spirit. We have the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, back in those days, the Jewish hours of prayer were at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. And Peter and John are headed to the temple For the hour, they called it evening prayer, 3 p.m. Sometimes 3 p.m. does feel like evening to me. This was their practice, though. In fact, we've already seen in the first two chapters of Acts, if you've read those, that these guys were men of prayer. Prayer is how we become familiar with the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit resides within us. He's not just there to fill air. He's there to have relationship with us. And the best way we get to know the Holy Spirit is through prayer. The Holy Spirit points the way to Jesus in all things. He's our guide. He's our help. He is our counsel. We must build that relationship with him. And just like any other relationship in life, the more time we've spent with him, the more familiar we become with his voice. Well, One day I received a phone call, and uh, I didn't recognize the number. uh, And the person who answered was like, hey, Matt. I was like, hey. (laughs) We've all been there, haven't we? Turns out it was my nephew. My nephew had gotten a new phone, but his voice had dropped about an octave. I was used to, hey, man, you know what I mean? And I, "Uh." (laughs) I didn't recognize his voice, and it kind of made me unsure. And if we don't recognize the Holy Spirit's voice because of a lack of time with him, we won't be sure whether it's him or whether or not it's him asking us to do something. We we have to find time and ways to just talk and listen to him. It's how we cement our relationship. When I call most people, it's on a business context, and I'll say, hey, it's Matt Anderson, if I'm leaving a voicemail. If I call my friends and I'll say, hey, it's Matt. If I call my best friend, I call and I say, hey, it's me. How does the Holy Spirit have to introduce himself to us? Do we have a, hey, it's me, relationship with him? Or does he have to say, hello there, remember me, the third person of the Trinity? He wants to lead us to do the work of Christ. But if we're unfamiliar with him, we will not know if it is him. I wanna encourage all of you who are believers, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus to fill you with his Holy Spirit because it gives us a set of powerful things that we can do to affect people's lives, like we're reading about today. We have to then take time and intentionally to take him with us. It's great when we have that dedicated time. Obviously, maybe it's in the beginning of the day for you, but that doesn't end when I walk out the door to go to work. I don't leave him there and be like, See you tonight. There is this concept of walking in the spirit. Where we are taking him with us everywhere we go. And we are ready in a moment's notice if he says, because he'll do that. So here's Peter and John headed to the temple to pray. And there's a man who's been there for a long time. He's lame. He can't walk. He was physically placed there. And biblical scholars tell us that he would beg for money, but he would probably most likely have some sort of metal can with some, a coin or two in it. Can't have too many coins because then it looks like he's doing too well, right? And he'd, and he'd shake it up and it would make a noise. And he might say something like, alms for the poor, to get the attention of those who were walking in so they could drop a coin his way. This was how he had to make a living. By the way, we find out in the next chapter, he was over 40 years old. He had been doing this for a while. Verse 4 says, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Isn't that opposite of what we do in circumstances like that? When I hear, hey, hey, I'm like, I am not making eye contact with him. Peter does the opposite. Peter and John make eye contact on purpose. In fact, they say, look at us. And when we're led by the Spirit, we're going to see things in people that others don't. He will break our hearts for people that most would dismiss or ignore. And from there comes the voice of the Spirit and our obedience to that voice. No doubt, the Spirit was telling them he wanted to heal this man. But would Peter and John take the risk? That's scary stuff. But we just sang it today that we are no longer slaves to fear. Because of Christ's work. They prayed, but they said, rise up and walk. And they began lifting him up. Now that takes courage. They had seen the Lord do it on many occasions. They walked with him. Now they had to believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelt in them. And that's what you and I have to believe. What assignments does the spirit have for us? Maybe as simple as praying silently for a coworker It could be asking your server at a restaurant uh, if there's anything that you can pray with them about. Hopefully you don't detain them too long so that they get in trouble. Just a little note there. Uh, Or just something completely unexpected. I I have a friend who just walks with the Lord. And he was in, uh, in his church on Sunday morning in the congregation. And the Holy Spirit spoke something very specific to him. Just dropped this in his mind and said, I want you to go to that young lady over there and I want you to tell her that her nightmares are over. Now, what would you do in that situation? I'd probably stay in my seat. (laughs) I'd probably be like, I don't want to mess this up because we're so scared of doing it wrong. But he was familiar with the Spirit's voice, and he walked over to her, and he, he was hesitant, and he said, young lady, I think the Lord wants me to tell you that your nightmares are now over she burst into tears and her mother who was next to her burst into tears because it turns out she had been having nightmares for months and from that day forward she didn't have them again folks this is what we have are we catching this this is better than a political action committee (laughs) we've tried that route haven't we we have something much better and much more effective than that the leading of the holy spirit And we have that because we have him. Number two, we have the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as a part of the healing act, Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Rise up and walk. Peter wanted to make sure that he wasn't the figurehead. It wasn't his name that was delivering this man. It was under the leadership of Jesus Christ. And Jesus' name is possibly the most powerful weapon in our spiritual arsenal. And I I believe the Lord is almost begging us to use it. But the only time we use it is when a car is headed for us and we think we're going to wreck. That's a fine time to use that, but it's not limited to crisis moments. There are things that he has empowered us to do, and I want to give you a few scriptures to remind us. John 14 Verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's kind of clear, isn't it? John 15, 16, the Lord says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. He literally gave us the permission to name drop in accordance with his will and his word. His name literally changes circumstances. His name is something that can be used to benefit our own life. John 16, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. His name carries authority. Luke 10, 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Luke 12, 47, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Folks, in the name of Jesus, we can take authority over evil spirits who would seek to oppress believers and spiritually imprison and possess unbelievers. It's only in the name of Jesus that demons are subject to us. Without it, we have nothing. With it, we have everything. You know, one day I was driving to work and I was driving through a neighborhood and I was trying to kind of make good time. It's a guy thing. Got to make good time. And I was driving near an elementary school, and I'm making great time, when suddenly my progress was halted. A young boy, probably no older than 9 or 10, went into the middle of the road and just put his hand like this. I, of course, came to a screeching halt. I thought, where does this kid get the gall? Make me, what is he doing? And he sort of looks to the side and he sort of like motions. Well, he was a safety crossing guard for his school. You know how I knew that? He had one of those little reflective vests on. So at first, I want to sit there and just get mad and honk my horn and be like, hey, kid, move it. But he had a vest on. You got to respect the vest. Right? So here I am, a man much older than him who's much stronger than him in a motorized vehicle that is clearly stronger than this kid. But I had to like, stop. Can I remind us today that you and I have been vested with his power, with his authority. We are wearing the vest that is the name of Jesus Christ. And you and I can walk right out into spiritual traffic, look the enemy right in the eye, put our hand out and say, that's enough. And he's got to respect the vest. Folks, that better get somebody excited because I'm tired of getting kicked around every day. I'm tired of feeling like I'm on a losing team. We are not on a losing team because we have the name of Jesus Christ upon us and with us. The last scripture that I, I'll, I'll read one more, Philippians 2.9, therefore God elevated him to the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. The name of Jesus Christ was a gift to the son. Isn't that amazing? And his name is a gift to us in our work for Christ. And folks, I, I just want to say this. I love living in this country. I love our constitution. It's an amazing document. I want to remind us that we don't need the First Amendment for the church to be the church. Because this act stuff, there was no constitution here. People were getting healed, raised from the dead. People were being saved. They were being imprisoned. They were being persecuted. Mm -hmm, I get it. I love me some religious freedom. Love it. Now, don't want to see it go. We don't need it. Because we already have everything we need in Christ right now, including his name. So when people talk about, well, we might need to take away the tax exempt status of churches, fine, do it. You think you're gonna kill this thing? This thing's gonna outlive you and me. The church of Jesus Christ will never fold, and it will be victorious when all the dust settles. So do your worst. I'll point to you every country in the world where it's tried and the church multiplies. Go for it. We need a good church growth program going on. The last thing that we have is the power of God. We have the power of God. God believes that we can do this, folks. It needs to become the rule rather than the exception. Think about this for a moment. Jesus probably walked past this lame man whenever he was in Jerusalem. He'd been there for decades. Jesus saw that guy, but he didn't heal him, did he? He knew in his omniscience that one day his disciples would do it. And he left that wonderful work for them. Jesus is leaving work all over the place for you and me. The Lord had a better plan in mind and we are a part of his better plan. I can't process that very well. But I want you to know that there are supernatural solutions to supernatural problems. I think the number one thing holding back the American church is that we're trying to use natural solutions for supernatural problems. Somewhere along the line, we just stopped believing. We we convinced ourselves that God just doesn't do the things he used to, at least in America, or at least through us. We think we need all these other things to be a successful church or a ministry. Some churches are investing in the wrong things, spending untold like millions of dollars on things in an effort to draw a crowd. We are looking to silver and gold solutions to solve spiritual issues. And ultimately, it doesn't pay off. What we need is what we already have. And I know this sounds like I'm some lazy Pentecostal, but I'm telling you, we have got to come back to what we already have. We have the power of God. Peter says, Hey man, I'm sorry, I don't I don't have any money. So the layman was probably like, okay, and looking for the next person in line. But Peter's like, Well, hang on a second. I'll give you what I've got. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene rise up and walk. It seems like the best things happen to us when we admit, I've got nothing. But power of God. And I'm sure there are well-meaning Christians who would have pooled their money together in order to give him maybe a brand new padded mat to sit on, maybe with a cup holder, you know, to keep his alms cup (laughs) handy. They might have even given him a lot of cash. But guess what? When they walked away patting themselves on the back, the guy would still be lame. I'm I'm not trying to preach an all-or-nothing gospel in which Uh, someone is either completely healed or it was a waste of time. I'm just wondering how many Christians don't think healing is even an option anymore. That was a back then thing. Does anyone believe anymore? But God had a supernatural answer for this problem, and only God can and will receive glory from supernatural acts. We have to notice the healed man's reaction when he can stand and walk and jump. He praises God. He doesn't say, these two guys are amazing. He praises the Lord, which is always the reason a miracle takes place, is to bring glory to the Father. He could only think of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the only name he heard in this conversation. Isn't that what it's all about? So what are we holding on to? What what do we think we need in this life to get by? What do we think we need to be an effective church to to be a, a vital organization in the 21st century? Maybe like the layman, it's time just to lay aside the cup of begging and we begin to drink from the cup of God's anointing. Because we already have everything we need. The Holy Spirit will lead us. We have the name of Jesus Christ and we have the power of God. That should change our Monday morning. Bow your heads, please, if you would. This morning I wanna give opportunity if you have not handed your life over to Jesus Christ. You're missing out on everything. You're missing out on life. You're missing out on forgiveness and grace and you're also missing out on his name and his power and his leading. But I want you to know the Lord is wildly in love with you. You don't have to impress him. You don't have to get your life all cleaned up first. You just need to believe that this Jesus thing is real. So even where you're seated, if you desire for Christ to take over your life, you can pray this to him. Jesus, I give you my life. I am so far from perfect. I can't fix myself. But now I realize you have done the fixing for me. I reach out to you. Forgive my sins. Give me a new life. I will serve you the rest of my life. In Christ's name my friend, if you prayed that, I want you to tell somebody. I want you to tell one of the pastors or leaders here, tell me. Because the Lord is rejoicing. (laughs) Now, believers, have we forgotten what we have? Is there a situation that you're dealing with and all you can think of are natural solutions? You're dealing with a financial need that's bigger than you? Maybe you just need to ask for provision in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you wondering if anything at your workplace can change because there's just so many people who are far from God? Do you still believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit? That he wants to work through you to minister to someone in your office or on your job site so that Jesus gets glory from it? Maybe you know someone who is sick. Well, before we pray for God to guide the surgeon's hands, maybe we first need to pray for a complete healing of their body and that the power of God would be made manifest in their physical bodies and they would be raised up to bring glory to Jesus who can only do such things. What I want you to do is you're seated and your heads are out and your eyes are closed, I want you to take your hands and just with palms up, I just want you to put them on your lap or in front of you, almost in a position like you want to receive. And I want to pray over this congregation. Jesus, thank you for reminding us of what we already possess. Thank you for reminding us that we have the leading of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, right now, we are open and available. Even if you ask us to do things we've never done before, Lord, if our hearts are in the right place, I know you will work through us. No matter what their response is, Lord, you will be pleased. Lord, today we are candidates. Remind us of the power of the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us and rose again. Help us, Lord, to use that name to pray over others, to pray over situations in our life, in our family's life, and people that we love and care about. Lord, remind us that the power of God isn't reserved for people on Christian television. The power of God works through us too. And Jesus, we make ourselves candidates. May the power of God work through us. Lord, give us a word in a moment of crisis. Give us us power in a moment of unbelief. Jesus, use this congregation in such a way that you are glorified. We are candidates of this. Jesus is enough for me. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If this message impacted you or you would like to get in contact with us, you can visit us at www.rockofgrace.org. Also, be sure to share this message with a friend or subscribe so you never miss a message. God bless.